Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 19th, and we're here in the Finger Lakes One studio with a fabulous guest today, one of my first friends and colleagues up here in Seneca County, Diane Dreheim. And we're also going to be hearing from Finger Lakes One's Josh Durso today, too. So uh, before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much for watching the show. This is your host of the Melissa Killey Show, Melissa Killey. And, uh, and actually, uh, the owner of Finger Lakes One just stopped in and noted that I certainly looked like it came from a bank robbery. Um, I did not. But I'll tell you, this symbolizes my life as a mompreneur, which is what I refer to myself as frequently. So I'm constantly balancing the busyness of building a business and life as a mom of a two and a half year old. And so today, between all of the fun and shenanigans out in the snow and some mishaps with scheduling at our house, we had to be out of the house for a number of hours. And so there was no taking care of this. And here we are. Right. But the beauty of life is that 80% of success in everything that we do is in showing up. So that's what I do. That's what I do in every arena. And you might not like my hat, but you might listen to some of the things I have to say today because we've got a lot to share with you. So February historically has been um, Heart Health Month, Women's Heart Health. And so we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about a lot of the like love and sort of philanthropic um, support of our community. And we're going to be talking about a specific journey of Diane Dreheim, who is in studio today with us. And then some other fun things that we'll get to towards the end of this episode. But without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Diane Dreheim, and say thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Absolutely. So good to see you, too. (laughs) So Diane and I have known each other for a number of years. She actually truly was one of my first friends and one of my colleagues up here uh, when I was on the board for Seneca County House of Concern. At the time, she was the executive director. And so we did a lot of close work together because self-professed, Diane would tell me, look, the numbers are not my gig, right? I love running this agency. I love the work that I do. I love being committed to the cause behind it. Uh, But, you know, I love your support in doing all that. And at the time, I was the fiscal services manager for Seneca County Human Services. And so we were quite the team, I think. I thought we were very good. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely got a lot done in a small amount of time, often minutes before running into a board meeting. Mm -hmm. So I loved working with you. So, Diane, tell me a little bit more about your background in human services and how you came to that particular field of work. Well, I actually came to it pretty much by accident. Um, I went with a friend of mine, and this was almost 30 years ago, went with a friend of mine to the Cuga Seneca Community Action Agency. Um, She was applying for a job. I was the driver. And um, she didn't get the job, but while I was sitting there, I was looking at their job board, and I saw one that interested me, and, and I was talking to the receptionist because I was waiting. And she's like, you should apply for that. And I'm like, well, I don't have any real background. And she's like, yeah, go ahead, apply for it. So I did, mm-hmm. and um, I got hired after a very interesting interview with, uh, <laughs> with a bunch of really great people, uh, Gloria Griffin being the main one because she was running the agency at the time. Okay. And, um, you know, she went through this whole litany of things like, you know, you would have to do this because it was emergency services director. Mm. You'd have to do this. You'd have to do this. You'd run the food pantry. You'd run the soup kitchen. You'd run the um, domestic violence program. They were all under one thing, mm-hmm. emergency services. And um, um, and she's just like, she goes, so are you crazy enough to want to do this job? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's me. I am totally crazy enough to do that. And she's like, okay. So then I got hired. And um, turns out, that I wasn't quite that crazy. Um, I did it for about 11 months, and at the time, I actually had um, a six-week-old when I got hired, with besides three other kids. Okay. And um, I thought, this is making me crazy here. So I said, no, I can't do it. I'm having a, you know, basically having a nervous breakdown here. Can't do it. And she's like, well, we don't want to lose you, so see what else you can find here. <laughs> So um, so then I started working with their Head Start program, and okay. I was the health nutrition coordinator there for about six years. And wow. um, so, yeah, so that was that. But that was my first 
entry into it all. And how perfect to make the transition into doing something with Head Start because, you know, having little ones and, That's right. you know, being able to kind of keep that focus in yep. your life. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, it fit really well. Um, that also was a great, was a great job. The, the agency, you know, I've always been very much a, a fan of the, that agency anyways. And um, so it was, uh, and, and my, and of course, Gloria was, was she was the executive director and I learned an amazing amount from her um, and then Terry D. Felice was the director of the Head Start program and I learned a lot from her too totally different styles I learned you know things from both what I liked what I wanted to do what I didn't want to do mm-hmm. you know I mean mm-hmm. the, which was great and along the way I met a lot of great people and learned an amazing amount because I really did know basically nothing going into it. So they taught me a lot. It's pretty incredible too, because listening to the job responsibilities for the first position that you were actually hired for, a lot of that work is pretty consistent with what you were doing as the executive director at House of Concern. Yes. Which I think is, well, no, I don't think. I know that's, you know, part of the reason I was able to then get that job. After I left there, I went and I was actually the director of uh, two, three, three different daycares after that, which again is, you know, these are nonprofit agencies. There's a lot involved in it that involves, in that case, children, and, and but also supervision, staff, people in need. Um, so, and I got to know uh, different people because I, I briefly ran uh, Creative Choices here. And so I got to know um, Karen Beals mm-hmm. at that point. And, um, and then when House of Concern was looking for someone, she actually said, hey, you know, I hear you're not, uh, you know, you're working at one thing, but you're not working at it full time. And are you interested? Yeah. Yeah. Being open to all those like opportunities and Mm -hmm. twists and turns. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. So Karen actually was one of my first guests on this show. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one of those sort of um, catalyst people Mm -hmm. in my life, right? Because I would not have moved to Seneca County had I not met Karen. And I actually met her through a job interview at United Way. And while she was the executive director, and when she called me to tell me that um, I was overqualified for the position (laughs) and not quite the perfect fit, um, I was working in finance in the time Mm -hmm. down in an accounting firm in Ithaca. She was like, but I, you know, I'd really love to stay in touch and I'd love to have your expertise on our community investments committee. Um, to do some of the allocations with United Way around budget time. So, um, and so I just kept in touch and connected with a lot of other amazing people up here. And I bought a house up here. So I was commuting to Ithaca. And eventually, um, you know, someone showed up with the right offer and, and I made my transition here. So she's a, she's a special lady in my life too. Mm-hmm. So I want to pause on a particular topic <clears throat> because this this is part of what I introduced our episode today with, and it is something that is really such a passion for you, which is talking about heart health and women's heart health specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you and I were working together at House of Concern, I know that you uh, bumped up against some of your own challenges with heart health, and I would love for you to share a little bit about that journey and why you're so passionate about it. So... Yeah, when I was hired, actually, um, I'd already I'd had some uh, heart problems that started ba- basically right around. Well, it was when I was um, it was early two thousand. Mm-hmm. So, um, and which is why I didn't stay at Creative Choices very long because mm-hmm. I I got sick. I was out of work for a little bit. That's why when Karen called me, she knew I'd just recently gone back to work mm-hmm. um, at Child and Family Resources and. Um, but it was part time, and so you know she thought, well, she must be getting better. But I'd had I'd had heart problems. I had congestive heart failure, um, and so and I and I got really sick early on in two thousand, you know, the early two thousands, uh, to the point where they you know basically said, well, you know, um, you're you're probably not going to live to see fifty, mm. um, you know, which is really a very difficult thing to hear. And, you know, I don't know that um, the person who said that to me, I actually think, 
because he said it very flippant. I really mm-hmm. think that it was, and I normally, and I had great, great luck with most of my doctors up at Strong, but this <laughs> this person just, you know, just because I, I don't know, we were talking something about people getting older, and I said something about, well, I'll be, you know, going to be 50, you know, in a couple of years, and he's like, well, you probably won't have to worry about that. Wow. <laughs> I was like, yikes. So, I it, and I really don't like people telling me what to do. So I really think that actually, in a way, he helped me because I was, I, gonna it was say, just like it feels like maybe he like, kind of pushed a button. Yeah, for you. It was like, yeah, no, I totally am going to make that. That's going to happen, and I did. And I and I they got me on the right medications. I got better, but it was always it didn't go away. My heart problem didn't go away. It's just mm-hmm. that it had the right combination. Um, and then I was, you know, and while I was at House Concern. You know, I would go for my regular checkups. I would do all that, take my meds like I was supposed to, tried to keep in pretty good shape, which in a job like that um, can be easy in one way and that you're running a lot, um, but also can be difficult because y- you let self-care kind of go to the yeah. go to the back burner. And the stress. And the stress mm-hmm. can be right through the roof, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you're thinking about things like, gosh, we I hope I have enough money for payroll, things like that, you know. Um, so I, I came, you know, went along pretty well, and it wasn't until around 2014, all of a sudden, and I'd been there, so I'd been there about seven years then, and um, I thought, I am getting sicker. Mm-hmm. And this was where I had not learned my lessons well, because mm-hmm. I probably should have stepped up a little sooner and said, by the way, guys, I need to take a little time off here. I need mm-hmm. to... I need to take care of myself a little better. But it wasn't, we were having, um, when I finally did it, we were having the little little black dress. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember standing up, you know, like having to talk. And one of the things when you have congestive heart failure is like the blood flow doesn't go to your brain, so you kind of start forgetting things. And I remember standing there thinking, I have no idea if I've already said this. I have no idea what's going on here. Mm. And I thought... And I remember looking down and seeing Connie Richardson sitting sitting at the table there. And I thought, if I pass out, I think I'm going to land right into Connie's food. Oh and gosh. I hope that does not happen, you know. And it's just, it was such a, I went home that night and then we had another day the next day. And I thought, no, I really don't know if I can go or not um, to this. But I did. And then after that, I just, you know, I remember talking to Stephen Beals, who at that time was the um, board president mm-hmm. saying I think I'm going to be taking a little little bit of time off now you know yeah. but uh, so when I did finally go to the doctors and stuff um, again this is you know part of my nature which has not always served me well it serves me well on one hand but they you know I went in there with the idea um, I was going to get an artificial heart because they do do that you know you can do things like mm-hmm. that that was my plan. My plan was that because I thought, well, I can gauge, you know, how long I'll have to be in the hospital, how long I'll have to do, you know, everything else, and then I can get back to work. Right. Period. That was it. That's where and your lessons had not yet been <laughs> They had not kicked yeah. in at all. Going to get right back to work, you know, going to plan this all out. And um, also, I mean, I was so convinced of this, and, and they'd done lots of talking with mm-hmm. me and stuff, and they had mentioned transplant, and I had just totally put that, no, no, not doing that, not having mm-hmm. a transplant. Um, but when they brought me in, you know, I like I had dinner put in the crock pot. Like, I'm coming home. You know, right. I'm coming home that day. Right. Yeah, I didn't come home for another six months. So wow. um, that was, you know, they went I in. I didn't and, realize it was that long. Yeah, it was that long. And that really was not long, you know. That actually compared to a lot of people right. up there. That was not long at all. Right, when you um, factor in everything that oh, yeah. rehab and... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that was, I mean, a lot of people wait, you know, because, and again, this is another one of my, one of my pushes, you know, if if you are not registered as, as donors, please consider it, mm-hmm. because there are people who wait. When I was up there, there were people who had waited already over a year, mm-hmm. and that just totally, like, scared the heck out of me, thinking, I can't can stay in the hospital for a year, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, very quickly it became obvious that, you know, I had to tell, at first I had to tell House Concern, yeah, I have no idea when I'm coming back right. or if I'm coming back, so you need to 
you need to make a change. Right. And um, you were not accustomed to that level of uncertainty and lack of control. No, I was situation. not. And yeah. I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not like it at all. Um, but, you know, and also I had, you know, again, I had a plan. See, mm-hmm. my plan was that I was going to work at House of Concern till I, um, till the agency turned 50. Mm-hmm. And I was going to retire the same year because I, that'd be about right, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that didn't happen. Mm. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, uh, so I, I had a heart transplant on uh, September 23rd, and it was um, very, very successful. I did not have a lot of people have a lot of trouble afterwards. Um, you know, again, like I said, I was, so I was in there, I'd already been in there for about five months when I got, um, when I got the transplant, which was so quick compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. But there's so many different factors that go into it, you know, Um, how sick you are, of course, being one of them. And of course, it it has to, the heart has to fit, Mm -hmm. you know, like I couldn't have had like a 200 pound man's heart. But the flip side of that is most people are a little bigger than I am. Mm -hmm. And they're taller and bigger. And so, you know, so I got lucky in that way. Um, I always feel weird saying, you know, I got lucky because obviously somebody else did not. And, you know, right. I, there's never a moment that I don't um, think of the person, think of the family involved and, and just think how wonderful that somebody had thought to do this, you know, because right. um, we wouldn't be having this conversation if they hadn't. Um, so, you know, so yes. If you if you've not checked the box on your with your driver's registration, you can you can um, you can do it online. It's a very quick process, um, and you know you might even think, well, you know, I'm I'm too old, I'm too this, I don't. They will be able to use something probably, right. you know. So give you know hopefully give someone an opportunity at that. Um, yeah, you just me realize. So I have I have my new enhanced license, yeah. and I looked. I didn't even sign it yet, and it's several months old. So, yeah, just time to check that box. That's and sign right. Off. Check yeah. the box. You yeah. Know. So, um, and then after that, you know, you it there's a bit of a recovery time. So I was because uh, you have to be very careful of germs and this and that mm-hmm. and. You know, actually, I found that a little on the difficult side, too, because basically, you know, I was out of the hospital and I was home, which I really, really wanted to be, but couldn't you really have to go. to lay low and Pretty stay much, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, but... Not your uh, MO. No. And, no. It, you know, but, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did get better yeah. again. And, you know, wow, that's yeah. like pretty amazing. So, I, and I've always considered that to mean you have more to do, Diane. <laughs> There's more things. There's right. more things you're supposed to be involved in. There's more to do. And um, it's uh, it's a it's an absolute blessing. Yeah. So, yeah. Including being here to share the message. Absolutely. Right, because how many people out there um, don't listen to the gentle nudges? They don't. Or that little voice that's like, maybe we should go get this checked out yeah. or... You know, yep. hmm, and, you know, you've been feeling more fatigued lately. Maybe right. just check in with the doctor about mm-hmm. that, right? Yep. And women are particularly inclined to just miss all, you know, it's like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll call the doctor tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. And also this, you know, all the things you see like the on the movies and stuff where people clutch their chest and drop to the floor. That's just not the way it is generally right. for women. It could be, but... But a lot of times it is, it's just these little, you know, like you um, have like weird aches or you gain a lot of weight all of a sudden and then you just think, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, you know, and you just do that whole negative self stuff. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how fat I'm getting. I'm getting fat and old. And, right. You know, when in fact, maybe there's something wrong with right. you. Right. You know? Your body's got some massive yeah. inflammation. That's you right. And you it. just, you know, mm-hmm. but we, we don't do that. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't take good care of ourselves. We're so busy taking care of other people. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I, that is always part of the message is to just, you know, pay attention and, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You go to the doctor and they say, eh, there's nothing wrong with you. And sometimes, even then, you have to go to another doctor. Yeah. 
I mean, because that happens too, because yeah. a lot of times, you know, um, concerns are brushed off, right. you know, so. And sometimes because they're so common That's with right. natural things that occur in our That's life, right? right? So, so I've talked to a lot of women who tell me that like looking back, they could see some of the early warning signs uh, in in having some kind of heart condition mm-hmm. where things like you talked about, like the forgetfulness. Right. Um, or they'll talk about fatigue or they'll talk about having these dizzy spells, you know. Um, you know, but some of those things, especially the fatigue and the forgetfulness, exactly. it's like, you know, most doctors are gonna say, Well, you know, you are getting older. Right. Right. Or like for me, for example, uh, as a mom. Right. Of course you're tired. You're chasing a two and a half year old, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you're forgetful because you've got mom brain, right? That's like right. there's there's yeah. all these things that we talk about, um, and sometimes we don't peel back the layers right. enough to go like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a little bit more going on here. Right. So that's when we have to be the best advocates of our own health. Absolutely, and you you know, and you have to think about things like just not be willing to just dismiss everything right. um, because you know, yeah. Sure, I was tired. I was running an agency and I have, you know, grandkids and I, you know, uh, one was living with me and, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I had little people and I had people in need. But, but you know, I, I should have, I should have known sooner. You know, I, I did know sooner, but it's just like, I'll just wait. It'll be okay. Well, sometimes you can't wait. You know, yeah. sometimes it, it, it makes life easier just to go ahead. Now, in my case, you know, um, I don't think that going earlier would have really, the end result would have ultimately been the same. Mm-hmm. Because what they did find out when they did that and, and then checked my my old heart they, was that, you know, there was a genetic component, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, so yeah, that probably would have would have shown up eventually anyways. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So the surgery was September of what year? 2014. 14, right. Okay. Yeah, so um, I remember, so that was that was around the time that I had decided to leave mm-hmm. my full-time career in finance to transition into working for myself and running my own business. Um, and part of what drove that decision was inspired by a lot of conversations that you and I had, because I remember you would you would ask me like, you think you can really go at this pace forever? <laughs> because I would work my job, which was, you know, sometimes fairly high stress, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was, at the end of the day, uh, being accountable to our taxpayers, right? right? $20 million budget for Seneca County. Um, but then I would come home and I would work my other job, which is right. my full-time now, right? Which at the time we love to refer to it as the side hustle, right? <laughs> Everyone's got a side hustle these days. But the number of hours, you know, it was like I was really just starting my day when I got done with work Mm -hmm. because then I would work, you know, as many hours until I could close my eyes for a few hours and then get back up and start again. And and you and I had a lot of conversations around stress Mm -hmm. and the impact on health and self-care. And, you know, just over lunch when Mm -hmm. Zuzu's was on Fall Street and, you know, we had a lot of those conversations and I finally got to a point where my health was so poor, Mm -hmm. where my stress had deteriorated so much of my well-being. I allowed that to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it clearly. And so, you know, it had cascaded into all of these autoimmune Mm -hmm. issues and all, you know, all kinds of things. But again, you know, um, God, the universe, spirit, source, whatever you believe in, we we get these um, we get these second chances, mm-hmm. right? And I was being shown this opportunity to step into a world where I would have the ability to prioritize my self care and my health first, mm-hmm. um, and then of course, you know, what's that thing they say about you know if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Because right? then along came Jack. <laughs> Um, but I still had to learn as a mom, and I'm adamant about this, you guys. So if you're watching this and you you need to talk about this, reach out to me on Facebook. But as a mom, you have to put your self-care first. You have to take care of your health first. There's a reason why when you get on the airplane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first in the case of emergency. Right. Right. We have to be around to help these other ones. So I want to thank you for that because that's, those messages stayed with me. What was unfortunate is I kind of like lost touch with what was going on in your world because I pulled back so much at that time. 
But I do remember having this thought, you know, sometime around the end of 2014 where I was like, you know, literally God, again, source, spirit, whatever you believe in, God has given you this new heart because in my life, in my experience of you, you know, you had this huge heart for the work that you did and for the community that we live in. And you did need to continue that work, mm-hmm. right? And so you were being asked <laughs> to continue. Yeah. Stay the course, Diane. So, um, so, so grateful for that. Your role has changed, mm-hmm. right? So that passion continues. But you're back at the agency that you originally started, <laughs> but I started with. It. Right. So tell me more about what you're doing there now. Okay. So um, I am the uh, program director at the Seneca County, the Cuga Seneca Community Action Agency. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is a mouthful. And when I first started the agency back like 30 years ago, um, we were just called CAP. Mm -hmm. That was like, that was our little CAP. And that was just much easier. Even, you know, the people in Seneca, because they were there too. Right. Um, Which in another like kind of weird sort of thing, like <laughs> connection. Rose, who took over for me briefly at mm-hmm. House of Concern, she was running that at the time. She was running where I, I am now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, she was running that. So and she was there when I was, you know, starting my first journey. So it, you know, it's it's all got this nicely interwoven sort of thing. So um, so what. Uh, community action is is um, I mean we do we take you know all of Seneca County so uh, we have a food pantry um, we don't do the volume that House Concern does but we unfortunately have been picking up a, a bit lately um, we also have um, a closed closet mm-hmm. just one room as opposed to you know House of Concern but but we also do, um, we, we have different grants and we're able to do things like some rental assistance, mm-hmm. some um, security deposits, mm-hmm. um, help with utilities. We also have uh, a baby pantry. So people who, you know, need some, you need diapers, they formula. need formula, yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Healthy Families Program, which is again, where it's more case management with people mm-hmm. who have younger children. Um, we have the car seat program where we can get people car seats and we have technicians who are, who can put them in correctly, show you how to do it. That's great. Yeah. Um, we, and, um, we also right now are in the process of, and this happened, it had, Rose and I used to talk about it years ago, but they, we are finally have gotten, um, the grant going to do a uh, transitional housing for mm. women, which should be open this summer. Wow. Um, they've been redoing um, the building that was the agency for a, a long time. So it's right next to where I am now. Um, it's 23 Center Street in Waterloo. Um, and we are gonna it'll be a, a nine bed facility for women mm-hmm. um, and it will have a component it's not just it's not just like uh, they don't have any place to stay for the night this will be people who come in and we will work with them there'll be case management and we can work with them for a number of months uh, help them you know like is it what what is it they need help them mm-hmm. get the things they need in order to be able to really move ahead and mm-hmm. not just have a place to stay for a night or two um, so I'm very excited about that. I think yeah. that's going to be great. Um, we're, you know, we're. It's it's so great to have programs where there's like integration of services, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. so often, what my experience has been of a lot of the services that are out there is they're 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 so isolated. Mm-hmm. And I know even New York State, you know, continues to attempt to streamline. Um, when it comes to services through the Department of Social Services, right. for example. But the reality is um, navigating those worlds yeah. alone can be so challenging. <laughs> very, very difficult. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful to hear that you guys are working on that. Yeah. And it's I incredible. think, you know, I think it'll be, 
I think it'll be uh, really, it's needed certainly. It's been needed for a long time. So I'm excited to be able to be there when it, when it gets opened up and I think that'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think I asked you, because I didn't want it to just come out of nowhere. I'm sure you've watched the show a couple times, mm-hmm. but I, <clears throat> I keep track of you. <laughs> I love it. It makes me happy. Um, but it's funny because years can go by, and you think that you're 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 up to speed on people's lives because mm-hmm. of Facebook, right? Because mm-hmm. we can keep up, <laughs> right. and then it's like, wait a second, that child was two last time <laughs> I saw that child, and now that child's nine, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but you know, I. I love to think about things like legacy mm-hmm. because it's clear what your passion and purpose is, right? You're, you're definitely on this planet to, to help and to help make the world a better place for <clears throat> so many other people and, and that you're living that passion, which is something that I love to showcase here, mm-hmm. right? It's like to give the world more examples of all the good that is out there mm-hmm. uh, because there is so much of it. And, and too often we focus on what's going wrong and the bad right. and what we're up against um, so, anyways, back to you. I, you know, what do you want the world to know as your legacy when you've left this planet? Well, you know, I, I really, I, you know, I thought about that a little bit as far as because I think there's a couple of things. You know, yes, um, I think it, I think it's great for people. You know, for me to be involved with helping people. It's um, and. But I also, like, as far as my legacy, look, you know, just thinking about my own children and my grandchildren, of which there are eight and going to be nine soon. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So what I really want is I, I want them to think of me as someone who really just accepted people, Mm -hmm. period, and, and cared about them no matter where they were in their journey. But also I want people my kids in particular, I want them to realize that your own personal journey does not always just, you know, you can make all the vision boards in the world and that's fine and good, but it's really important to know that there's going to be detours Mm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay if there's a detour. It's not only okay, it's probably in a lot of cases even better. and that it's not about where you end up. It's about where you're going along the way, you know. Right. The whole journey is is amazing. And and you will, even things that you think, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing in the world, you're going to get something out of it. You know, right. you're going to look back on it. You're going to feel like, oh, well, at least I met this person. Mm-hmm. Or this happened. Or I learned this. Or I learned I never want to do that again. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn something. And it's not a failure. You know, so many people, I think, they, they set their sights on one thing. If that doesn't happen, then they feel like they've failed. And, you know, you're not a failure if you, if you just, like, if you show up. You're not a failure if you show up. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So I recently was, I love that, by the way, um, for people just to know they're accepted, exactly who they are, where yeah. they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me... Legacy is something we live, mm-hmm. right? And so oftentimes when I ask that question, people say, well, I don't want to think about my legacy because I want to think about today. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> this is your legacy. You're living it, yep. right? Um, and so I love that because this training I did last week, I talked about how, you know, there's two things I know for certain. One is that uh, life is a journey. Mm-hmm. And the journey is the destination, mm-hmm. right? So that yep. So that's it. Like... The journey is the destination, and we need to live it out mm-hmm. to the to the greatest degree possible. So, when you're dissatisfied or you're tolerating things in your life, when you have the luxury to actually acknowledge the fact that you're tolerating it, because I'm not talking about you know people who are living in you know in in dire needs and in, right. in poverty. I'm not saying they're tolerating poverty, right? right? But I'm talking about when we have the ability to sit on the couch at the end of the day and, you know, you're flipping through, trying to find something on Netflix to watch, <laughs> you know, and, and you're feeling dissatisfied with life or you're feeling like you're tolerating something, it is your absolute responsibility to stop tolerating it. Mm-hmm. You know, what you permit, you promote. 
And so it's time to like think about what is going to light me up mm-hmm. from the inside out. What is going to allow me to to live out the greatest gifts I have to give the world? And absolutely, what you said about like some of those detours, some of those roadblocks, whatever you want to call them, our greatest lessons and blessings. Mm-hmm come from those spaces. I mean, I think about even just your heart transplant mm-hmm. being this message of, you know, continue the work, Diane. That's right. You're here to do more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's really beautiful, and I appreciate it. Well, my daughter, um, one of my daughters, my um, Amanda, she, um, I, we were, I was watching the girls play basketball because her girls are old enough to like, so be on a basketball team, right? Um, so I'm watching them play, and I don't know, somebody was talking about something they were doing for retirement, and I was like, retirement? I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen for me, you know? And she's like, you would be terrible at that anyway. She goes, well, she goes you are not, that is not you. You aren't supposed to be working. That's what you do. That's what, that's what makes you happy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll stop complaining now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I talk about that a lot too. Like the new retirement is that there is no retirement, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's a difference between working and loving right. what you do and working because that's where your self-worth comes from. Right. You know, and I think there's a lot of people out there in the world who get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. so that's where the that's where that tolerating piece comes from. That's mm-hmm. where that dissatisfaction comes from because somehow they've linked their self-worth to the money that they make right. or the thing that they do. It's like they, our professions become our identities mm-hmm. almost. And, <clears throat> and the reality is like, you know, if Josh wanted to sit over there and not do a thing, you know, for now until eternity, he's still an amazing human being. Right. Right. It doesn't doesn't change our net worth. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, you know, but when it comes to you, yes, I absolutely agree with Amanda. <laughs> I hope she's doing well, by the way. I haven't seen oh, she her is. in so long. She's great. Um, but you would not be good at that. You're not. No. Well, no. And it's, um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be good at that. And and also, you know, it's um, it, it's not and I think what you said is correct as far as I I had a little bit of trouble for a while sitting home yeah. getting better because there was a part of me that had so completely linked myself with House of Concern mm-hmm. that without that I was like well now what you know right. who am um, I yeah mm-hmm. and and it wasn't you know I had to get my my head wrapped around who you are right now is someone who's trying to get well enough to do things again. That's right. who you are. Right. And you want to be around. You want to be around right. to see all these grandkids and, you know, so, yeah. Right. Can I just simply sit here and revel in the fact that I have these moments with my grandchildren or, you know, go outside. I remember some pictures of you um, doing things out in the yard, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just being present with, you know, the flowers that were growing. That's and, right. You know, and those are moments that you we don't necessarily take until we are given that interruption right. mm-hmm. that is an invitation. My friend Cal uh, says that, right? The interruption is the invitation mm-hmm. to live out the best years of your life. Right. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to turn it over for a moment to our dear friend and producer over here, Josh Gerso. <laughs> so Hi. Josh, I know so little about you. I mean, I could funny? turn on Finger Lake Swan And I could watch you there, you know, but tell us more about you and like, how are some of these messages today resonating with you? What has your life been about? Um, So listening to you guys have this discussion, it's pretty interesting because I'm, I am definitely one of those people. I'm still in that. I'm locked into that. Go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I'm going to describe my life, I would describe it as that. I I haven't had that urge yet to really slow down or stop. My day starts at 3.45 in the morning and it ends between 10 and 11 at night. And I am super, you know, right now I'm super content with that. Um, And, you know, I live, eat, breathe, and sleep news, it seems, um, when I'm not here. Uh, Finger Lakes One, I'm, I'm writing stories for the two South County papers here in, in Seneca County, or I'm writing mm-hmm. a column for the Finger Lakes Times, or uh, on the radio with Ted Baker. You know, it's just a matter of doing everything I can to make sure that, you know, what we're trying to do, and I when I say we, 
referring to the, the media landscape as a whole here in the Finger Lakes, which has mm -hmm. sort of turned into a vacuum mm. um, with the shrinking of newspapers and such. Right. So, right. you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can um, to, to be a positive contributor to everything that's going on. I love it. I love it. So you won't get my nasty gram letters <laughs> that I like to send to the people who write the articles that aren't so yeah. positive or nice. So, so Josh, is this something that you went to school for? It isn't actually. Um, I was a I was a business major um, in college, and every you know my, I always say like the first time I really got interested in news was when I I had a letter to the editor published. On uh, the Finger Lakes Times when I was in the ninth grade about high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> the ninth grade me writing about that. Um, and, and, you know, it, all through high school pretty much, I kept hearing people tell me, don't, don't go into, don't do journalism, don't pursue that, do something else, do something general, something that's flexible. Um, as it turns out, I guess maybe I shouldn't have listened to them or maybe <laughs> it was good that I listened to them. I'm not really sure which. Um, but we're here now and, you know, I've been with Finger Lakes once since 2014. But late 2014, early 2015, um, and just sort of watching uh, the company grow and, and us grow is really um, it made me really happy with the way things turned out. I mean, I, I don't put on the spot. I don't think I would say go the other way or go back the other way again. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you love most about what you do? You know, honestly, I think it's the the change. Um, mm -hmm. So I, my day, in theory, looks pretty much the same, but there's so much change like one minute i'm sitting here listening to you two have this awesome discussion um the next minute i'm at a board meeting five minutes later i'm uh, you know at a scene of a fire or something that you know it, it's just constantly changing and with as much negativity as there is around news there is still so much there are so many good stories still mm -hmm. to tell mm -hmm. um and you know, they aren't told as often i know and you know they don't they don't get the the traffic or the volume or the the headline space that some of the the more grim stories do but um it's all about worldview and how you look out and and what you're looking at if you don't like seeing a lot of the negative stuff i always tell people to just take five extra minutes and find the good stuff there's plenty of good stuff still out there you just mm -hmm. have to Work a little harder to find it with Facebook and Twitter and all those awesome platforms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I talk about that too quite a bit because people will tell me, oh, I, I hate social media. I don't want to be on there because, you know, people are just constantly saying stupid things. And I'm like, who are you friends with? Right. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> my friends are pretty freaking awesome. Uh, what you could do, it's there's two buttons. It's called unfollow and unfriend, mm -hmm. right? And then, like... That's how you curate what's going between these two ears mm -hmm. and what's being filtered through your eyes. Because the reality is when you talk about the traffic being driven to the negative, it's because we look for things to support the ideology that's already happening inside of us. So if we're predominantly negative human beings, we're going to look for predominantly negative news yeah. to reinforce our worldview. Uh, where if you begin to shift that cruise ship, right, and start curating your experience, like you said, you know, pay attention to the news that's positive. Go sign up, subscribe to a couple of podcasts that blow your mind with really amazing things. Unfriend some of those negative Nellies on your newsfeed, right? You can definitely make the switch. It takes time. It takes work. It takes courage. Because some of your friends are going to be like, hey, what happened? Just unfollow. <laughs> you don't have to unfriend them. Just unfollow them. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's the polite thing to do. <laughs> That's what I'm told. <laughs> uh, but I take this stuff seriously, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to get too crazy here, but like we're all energy. Mm -hmm. And so I take energy seriously. What are we putting out there in the world? What are we receiving? What are we allowing into our own energy fields? I love the fact that, you know, my office is three steps away from my bedroom and <clears throat> I curate that whole experience. Now, does that mean that if I wanted to, I could totally unplug and, you know, not have a realistic worldview? Absolutely. But I don't do that. I pay attention to the things that matter to me. 
I want to know what's going on in local politics, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on around the world. Um, but I also pay attention to where, what the sources are that are feeding me that information. Right. Like yeah. So the thing that I always say is like we, we filter our, our pictures so they're perfect for Instagram. We, we filter the things we post on Facebook because we want our friends and family to think that life is fantastic and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to filtering what comes in, we pretty much don't filter anything, and it's just we let whatever hit us in the face at, at yeah. full speed and yeah. <laughs> live with sort of like a, a reckless abandon on that side that just isn't it isn't even reasonable, I don't think. I mean, you would never just let anything that's out there on the internet come into your space unless you unless you're you're into that sort of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think that's one of the areas where people certainly should. Pay a little more attention and just kind of yeah. be more mindful of what, what's what's coming at you. Right, mm-hmm. right, absolutely. So tell me, even though you didn't get to prep this question, <laughs> what are your thoughts on legacy? So it, it's interesting. I, I think with the way digital media is set up and the way social media kind of drives the way, especially I'll say like 20 and 30-somethings and teenagers, of course, think about life I think legacy is kind of in this weird transitional space right now mm-hmm. legacy before I think was very much tied to career tied to family tied to the things that you sort of um, create throughout your life I think more now legacy at least in in my view is more of a, a thing that we're, we're working toward mm-hmm. and that I never really let it be something that you know, I have to do this by the time I'm 45 or 50 right. or 55 years old. It's no artificial more or less, milestones. We'll we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> um, you know, I don't. I, I share your your view. I don't think I'll ever retire. So I mean, I have my entire life to to keep working and trying to figure out what that legacy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, maybe it's better that we don't have that to you know cloud our our thinking and sort of nag at us in the back of our minds. Sort of just live every day and actually really try to to keep yourself moving forward in a positive way yeah yeah i love it and you may find out years from now that you know your legacy is uh sharing stories your legacy is you know bringing positivity to light like it may be that right it might not be i ran a 20 billion dollar you know fortune 500 company right and like that is what has shifted Right. Because the idea is that the titles are not what matter and the money is not what matters. Yes, it's great to be able to make it and you can create great change in the world. And I definitely uh, believe firmly in that. But that's not the driving force. The driving force is like, what is the impact that I'm having along the way? And what is my own experience of this journey? Because if we have just a bunch of miserable people out there all the time, like life is just not enjoyable. Right. Right. We're not here to do that. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a baby when they're born and how joyful they are, mm-hmm. unless they're colicky. I mean, but that's a whole other subject. <laughs> we'll have another episode on that. Yeah. But that joy is who we are. I mean, that's yeah. that's it, right? Pretty much. So, you know, perhaps that's going to be my legacy. Yeah. Right? Joy. And by the way, um, when you said acceptance, one thing that popped into my head. Thank you so much, Josh. Um, Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. Have you read that? I have not. Okay beautiful book and I think you'll love it. I should. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but I wanted to share one last thing, which is, you know, I mentioned when Diane was talking about life being a journey that last week I did this training and I said there were two things that I really wanted people to take away. One is that life is a journey and that the journey is the destination. And that's really what we're all talking about here. That's what Josh is talking about. That's what Diane's talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The journey is the destination. So are you living it, right? Are you really living life and are you loving it? But the second thing is that when it comes to our trajectory in life, it's, not, it's never a straight line. You know, I went to school for psychology, went off to AmeriCorps, came back to do a master's degree in public administration, and really just accidentally fell into the world of public accounting, Mm -hmm. right? But from that experience, learned how to negotiate, not only in the private sector, but in the public world, how to run a $20 million budget, you know, how to uh, maximize profits, like how, you know, how to have all these skills that 
clearly were not going to be my entire life. But I take those skills away because my goal now is to be able to build businesses that create that kind of revenue so that people can be change makers in the world. My point of that being, that was like all over the place, right? There was no point A to point B. Diane clearly found life coming full circle, Mm -hmm. you know, starting off at the very agency that got you into the world of human services Mm -hmm. simply by showing up as a driver for a friend. (laughs) Right. Right. And then eventually ending up there, continuing to live out this passion. Josh went to school for something entirely different than what he's doing right now, but he spends his day from 3.45 a.m. until he goes to bed at night feeling fulfilled by his work. So we have to remember and give ourselves credit for just listening to those nudges, those, you know, hints at like, let's go over here. Let's check this out. Let's try this out. Being willing to experiment, being willing to play, being willing to try, being willing to fail. Because in reality, it's not failure. It's typically going to show up as a lesson or a blessing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so I hope that if you are watching this today, you can take that away. And if you are a woman who stayed tuned to learn different things about taking care of your heart health, um, make sure you're taking care of yourself. You're worth it. Listen in, tune in, listen into the nudges, listen into um, those hints from the universe. If you got a call to go see the doctor because you've been feeling extra tired or you're having that interesting pain, you know, we think so often about what other people think of us, but the reality is the most important person is you. So, on that note, thank you both for being amazing thank guests you. today. Thank you. And everybody go out, enjoy the day, and we'll see you next month. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.